Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Detox Podcast. I am Denise Walker, your host. If you're new here, welcome. Detox Podcast is a deep dive into my poetry collections, Pick Your Poison on Addiction and Recovery. Every episode, I dissect one of my poems. I go into it to describe my emotions, my experiences, and I present it to you in this way in order to create a place of solace, understanding, and relatability. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode four, season two of Detox Podcast. Uh, This one is called Flower. And I want to just do a little uh, content warning. I'm going to be talking about cannabis in this one. So, and like my cannabis use and my journey with cannabis. So if that's kind of like something you don't want to hear about uh, for any reason, maybe this is not the episode for you. Uh, But yeah, um, this is a highly anticipated episode for me. Uh, to be sharing with you because I've really wanted to dive like into this and I'm really glad that I've had some time between the actual happenings of when I wrote this poem and now that when I'm speaking to you about it because I have a lot more um, information and data and and just experience and the story is longer than it used to be. So I've alluded to this episode in previous episodes about cannabis and using cannabis now that I'm sober from alcohol and what it all means and and that stuff. So um, I'll read the poem here for you and we'll talk all about it. It's called Flower. I have found a new inky black body of water for me to drown in, to sink my mouth under, to drink in oblivion. I know I shouldn't be here. It was an accident, almost. Yet somehow, choice has gone, fled so fast I didn't feel it go. My mind is stuck three years earlier, or two, or one even. The silent snap of the fingers, day turned to 365 nights ago, and just like then, I'll let myself sink down. In the morning, I'll wake on the shale rock shore, stand tall, proud, proud, and broad, and I'll get on that pyre. I'll need not be tied down. I'll even light the damn match. Choice will sneak back in, 3 a.m., soundlessly shut the door and crawl into bed. Until then, I'll let myself drown. For tomorrow, with Choice's arms around my soul, I'll let myself burn. I can't read a poem apparently this season without screwing up one word. This one I couldn't say the word broad. It came out as browed. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. So weed got legalized here uh, in October of 2017 is that right maybe it was the next year i don't know but it it got legalized after i got sober and i think when i when i was drinking i definitely tried it a couple times and either like super fucked me up because i was like super drunk and like really new to smoking cannabis so um but i also uh tried it a few times um, without alcohol involved. And I don't know, I just felt like 
it just like really didn't do much for me or it was like too intense and it just wasn't really like my thing. I didn't, I didn't really grow up with it. It just, um, alcohol was kind of what we did like in my friend group. And so I'm sober. I'm like love and sober life, right? It's been like a hard grind and it's really like rewarding because I've been, you know, really at it and, and succeeding and, and feeling good about my choices. And then I start, you know, trying cannabis. And suddenly I'm struck with this like feeling that I used to have where I'm like, okay, putting a mind altering substance into my body. And then tomorrow it's like, oh fuck. I, I want to do it again. And it's kind of like that little niggle of, oh, this is really reminiscent of my time with alcohol. And I started to be a little concerned because I really was glad, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, that there's this substance that isn't alcohol, it's not my problem drug, that allows me to get out of my head in this synthetic way. And like, I really struggle still, honestly, with the idea that cannabis is wellness. And it's like marketed as wellness. It's like anti-anxiety, anti-depression, anti-insomnia, anti-nausea. And like, don't get me wrong. I know that there's like medicinal qualities to cannabis and it does actually help people. But I think that there is this sort of self-prescription of cannabis that happens. And I never was using it for um, for a reason like that. The honest reason is just that I like to feel fucked up. And (laughs) that's where my, the lights in my brain started going off. Like, okay, is this really the best path to be going on? And I really had this black and white view of substances back then. Like, if you if I needed a substance to deal with life, then I wasn't really dealing with life. And like, yeah, there's some truth in that for sure. Um, that if you take a substance, like you're just sweeping things under the rug. You're not really processing them at like the normal rate of processing. You're not sitting with your emotions. You're not burning through the fire of life. Um, And so that's like what I'm talking about in this. I'm like, oh, shoot. (laughs) I found a new inky black body of water for me to drown in, to sink my mouth under and to drink in oblivion. And I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) what have I done? I've just like wound up with a different drug. And I know I shouldn't be here. It was an accident, almost. (laughs) Right? Like, was it an accident? Um, Or was it just that it was an easy way to feel fucked up? That wasn't my problem drug. (sighs) 
and like I did this uh, reading when Pick Your Poison Volume 2 came out. Um, I used to go to this church. It was St. Paul's United Church here in Edmonton. And I grew up in it and I was never really like religious. I just really liked the community aspect. I wasn't even super spiritual back then. I was just really enjoyed like the idea of mindfulness, which was taught. Um, and uh, we're very like, uh, you know, we perform gay weddings. We, we learned about other different religions. Like it's just a very like uh, open and accepting church, which like it never felt like there was any sort of restriction to be a part of it. So I, um, I don't have any negative feelings towards it. And I'm not super big fan of organized religion, but, uh, but, but yeah, so uh, I was offered to do a sort of like a, a bonus book launch at the church on one of our one of these nights that they do little like activity nights or workshop nights or, or whatever so i go and normally when i do like a book launch or a poetry reading it's i sit and i sort of tell a little bit of a story i read a poem and then i tell another story and i write a read a poem about it it's like similar to this podcast style but not as long of a story for each poem it's just like a little like, hey, this is what was happening. Here's the poem. Uh, but they had so many questions for me. It was more of like a Q&A about addiction, which was really cool. And I really enjoyed being like grilled about addiction because obviously like I, I'm sitting here spilling my heart out to you talking about my experience because I thoroughly enjoy talking about my experience. And so this was like, I was just lit up. And as I'm talking about alcohol and how much I hate alcohol <laughs> and uh and they're like oh well you must be like you know really fired up about this whole like legalization of cannabis then and i was like oh and it's interesting because my parents were present so and they didn't know that i smoked weed <laughs> or used cannabis or whatever and so i was like you know what actually i use cannabis and they were like, oh, and I was like, and you know what, like, I think I'm okay with it because I know what addiction feels like in my brain and it's not the same feeling. And at that point in time, I don't think it had its claws in me. And, and that was a really awkward way to publicly announce to my parents that I was using cannabis. And my mom afterwards was like, um, Denise, like, I think smoking weed is like just as bad as smoking cigarettes. And like, I'm not deluded into thinking that smoking is good for me. So um, I was like, you know what, mom, like, I mostly eat edibles. And she's like, oh, okay. And that was like, that helped ease her a little bit. But obviously, I don't know. I don't think she enjoys the idea of me doing any drugs of any kind. <laughs> but what I found was that cannabis yes is addictive and i was like really worried for a while because i was like fuck like what am i doing like now i'm addicted to this other thing and i don't really want to stop using it and like i would stop for like a week at a time and i would like allow myself to kind of push through that like rawness of sobriety like one like after um and I say sobriety in regards to cannabis because I, um, I, I do maintain that I am sober 
and because I use cannabis does not mean that I'm not sober because I'm sober from alcohol and like that is a very specific distinction for me um but over yeah over time I felt like it was harder to say no to it and if I stopped using it for like a week or two I and then I used it again it was like very difficult to only use it like one night and not the next and not the next and not the next and I've been pretty much using it every single day there was a time where I stopped for about a month in this in September because um I was opening this wellness center city and soul you may have heard of it so far that I've been talking about it um and it was like the scariest process of my entire life and both my partners um were also sort of questioning their cannabis use and they were really the first friends in my life who had regular cannabis use um and yeah they were using it even more than i was and um yeah, I didn't want it to be this thing that we like did together, you know, like I didn't want it to become part of our business culture. And I made that distinction like early on and we have a, we have a zero tolerance drug and alcohol policy, like for, for City and Soul, like we will never like do drugs there or um, allow people to do drugs there or even like on the property or like things like that. Um, because it's like very, we, we made sure that it was very important to all of us that like there was that distinction there. So I was experiencing this like mega anxiety. It was like the most stress I've ever felt in my entire life. I was like not really sleeping. It was the like my phone gave me so much anxiety because every time I looked at it, there would be like another problem with the business that I would have to solve immediately. And like if I wasn't on top of things, like things would fall apart and i was also working full time and there's also a pandemic and we didn't know if we would even be able to open in time because of our construction timeline slash a lockdown was looming and it was like i don't know <laughs> it's pretty um pretty wild decision of ours to to go through with this and like i i'm still happy that we did it and i'm happy that i had that experience of this like mega stress because i've never experienced anything like that um, and I'm glad that I survived it. And during that period of time, I was uh, using cannabis and I thought I should stop. And then I thought, is this really the right time under all of this stress to take away something that might be helping me cope? Um, and at, at, one, at some point I did think okay yeah no it's my it's time because even when i was smoking i would be still so anxious and it wouldn't turn my brain off anymore and then i would be high and anxious and paranoid about my business and scared about my business and so fearful and it just like exacerbated the anxiety and so i was like oh no fuck no like we gotta stop this so i stopped for about a month and um And then I started again and I haven't taken a break since then. And so now it's, uh, now it's April. Um, <laughs> but I flip flop. I flip flop on how I feel about it. Um, 
I, I feel pretty like positively towards it right now. I don't feel like it's negatively impacting my life. And I wake up feeling rested in the morning. I actually can sleep before my shifts at ambulance dispatch. And I'm actually getting full night's sleep instead of like four hours. And then I don't, I honestly think this pandemic and working through it like this would probably have, um, have gotten the better of me if I wasn't able to sleep. And I, I still wake up like with super motivation. I'm like hyper ambitious still all the time. And these are the things that alcohol took from me. They took my creativity. They, it took my, my drive, my ambition. It took my joy. It took my inspiration. Like it, it took my energy. I wasn't sleeping. I was just being unconscious and I was sick all the time, either hungover or, you know, actually sick and I haven't been sick since January 2020 and I think that's pretty sweet <laughs> so that's how I that's how I'm looking at it right now um I'm looking at it like okay there's these pros and cons and I used to think that like any drug had like 100% cons and zero positives because that's alcohol. Alcohol is truly like that. There's no redeeming quality whatsoever. And if, if you think that there is, then someone has lied to you um, along the way. <laughs> uh, but you have redeeming qualities. Alcohol doesn't. You do. <laughs> you. You are a shining star and alcohol just dims it. And so I was worried that, you know, cannabis was going to do the same thing to me. And I don't know. It's possible that this ego that I've been talking about in the last couple ex episodes, like it's possible that perhaps um, the cannabis is making me more sensitive to that. And like I have less control over my ego, which is which is totally possible because that's what alcohol did to me. Um I am wondering if it's affecting my hedonic set point, uh, which uh, if you haven't heard in my previous episodes, is this like threshold for joy. And as you, I know this for alcohol, if you, like the more you use alcohol, your hedonic set point gets lowered. And so, um, or heightens, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it gets fucked up to the point where like, um, Oh no, yeah, it, it it gets higher, right? Because you have these dopamine spikes and like normally dopamine can hit your threshold, the hedonic set point really, really easily. But as you use alcohol, it gets like super elevated. And so you have to use alcohol to produce a uh, artificially like simulated spike of uh, dopamine to like skyrocket up and hit that hedonic point, hedonic set point. And then no actual real like joy in life actually feels as good as joy normally feels. And so it's impossible really to know if that's actually happened unless I were to remove cannabis from my life for like an extended period of time. At least that's as far as I, I can think of the only way to tell because who knows if I'm feeling joy properly right now. It's kind of like a very slow burn that happens, right? 
over time, very gradual, you kind of get numb. You get numb to the to depression and, and anxiety, but you also get numb to joy and happiness and excitement. So I don't know. Is that happening? I don't know. Um, I really, really, really do believe, though, that this, like this, me talking to you about this is not, it's not a promotion for cannabis. And what it is, is just my story, just my experience with it. And there's something that you have to do on your own and is to come up with your own opinion of it and your own experience with it and whether or not it affects you in a good way or a negative way or in a mixed way, like this is, this is on you. And that, that as it should be, um, it's, it's just there for you to see if it's going to be of any benefit to you. And there's like one in five people where cannabis induces anxiety instead of gets rid of it and instead of get, gets rid of it. And I thought during that period of time that, that I was one of those people where I was opening the business and it was really stressful. I thought that maybe I, it was doing that to me and I was like, okay, this is maybe not for me. Um, but then I haven't really had that problem too much since reintroducing it. Um, I don't know on like some some aspects i've really chilled out about my opinion toward my like this it's kind of helped me chill out my black and white thinking towards um the use of drugs and like before i was like if you use drugs like you're you need to stop no questions asked <laughs> and now i'm like hmm is it working for you is it of benefit to you? Is it hurting you? It's like more of a gray area, right? And that's what my therapist says all the time is like, nothing is black and white. Nothing is cut and dry. We, we live, we exist in the gray. And like, there's no right. And there's no wrong. There's just gray. And I was like, I struggle with this, like black and white thinking. Um, a lot of the time. So we work on it quite a bit. And sort of, I think it's only a positive for me to mentally move away from like the polarized ends of this towards the middle because it really helps with my compassion for other people and my tolerance for their experiences and it doesn't like trigger me as much hearing about what they're talking about and like I don't just like shut down or stop listening if they are talking about coping with a specific substance um and I don't see them through this like lens that I used to see them through, which was like kind of, it, it's not judgment, it's um, it's like painting my own experience on them, like saying, oh, eventually they'll probably realize that this is not good for them, or this is probably affecting them in ways that they don't even know yet. And I just like, <laughs> I just heard myself say that. And I wonder if down the line I'll be like, oh, remember when I said I don't know how it's affecting me yet? And one day I'll realize it's a, not a good thing. <laughs> Maybe it's possible. I'm open. I'm open to it. I'll, I, you know what? Like, I, what I'm going to do is just take it one day at a time. Haha. -ha, and 
and see where this takes me. Um, but yeah, this is like this in this poem too, I really describe that moment where you know you're doing something that you shouldn't do. And I describe how choice like fucking left the building. And suddenly I'm just like in this like time slip of addiction where I'm like staring down the barrel of the joint and ret like ready to to jump into the into oblivion with this with this substance and i'm like man like i'm just gonna like drown all night in this like murky water of addiction and like just let the current take me and and just say yes to this when i've been saying no for so long and I'm just gonna just jump off the deep end, apparently, and see, see where it takes me. And then in the morning, Choice is gonna like Ch- Choice is gonna sneak back in while I'm asleep, and I'll wake up, and Choice will be there, and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, fuck." And the choice then is to either say no, I'm not gonna go for that deep dive again, and I'm just gonna walk right up onto this pyre and rope myself to it, light the fire, and allow myself to just burn in the feeling of like fighting through craving for the substance and allowing that sensation to just like ride through me and honestly in in many many circumstances over the past couple years here i have said yes instead of saying no And I have repeatedly jumped off the deep end instead of burning on the pyre. As I predicted in this book, I didn't burn. Not many times. And honestly, it's because I think I was out of practice. And it was really daunting. And now I could see with my own eyes how it's so easy to go back into addiction. Because it's so hard. It's so hard to get sober and then stay sober. And I didn't know if I had the fight in me. I really didn't know. And like, of course, if, of course, if I like needed to, if I needed to get sober, if this was like really impacting my life in a way that like was like destroying things or not allowing me to achieve my dreams, but like, fuck, I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to. And I'm happy. It's not like I just have a life on, uh, this might just sound like a long list of excuses to you, but I, I used to say my life looks perfect on paper. So why am I so unhappy? That was my line for when I was drinking and I couldn't understand this like deep, emptiness inside of me why the fuck was that there and guess what i figured it out it was alcohol and it was trauma that had been just buried with alcohol instead of dealt with but now like 
I go to therapy regularly. I've been going to therapy for like a year and a half. And I, I'm so, I'm, I still have this like undying ambition that I can't shake and it just keeps rolling through me and I just keep chasing it. And I just, I feel, I feel like I love my life. I love it. I'm so happy. Everything is great. That sure, there's like conflict that arises and sure, we're in a global fucking pandemic that's like wrecking my business and uh, killing people all over the world. And that is awful. And I'm feeling the weight of it. I, I really am. I really am. And it affects me at work. I work at ambulance dispatch. It affects everything that we do. We're masked all the time at work. We can't hear each other because there's these plastic barriers between us and it makes work really difficult. And I have so many friends who are nurses and, and they're dealing with patient care and I know it, I know it, I get it. I understand. But even through all of that, I'm still good on a personal level. So that's my assessment of my cannabis use. I'm good with it right now. I'm good with it. But like, are, are you? When you hear my story about this, how does it make you feel? Do you feel like I've, I've lost it? <laughs> Do you feel like I am in the throes of addiction and addiction, the addictions talking through my mouth right now? Do you feel like you relate? That cannabis has been a blessing for you? What is it? I'd love, I'd love to hear. Um, yeah, yeah. Whew. I also, um, I wonder if this poem's in this book. It's weird that I don't remember. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to see. And uh, let me flip through these pages real quick. Yeah, it's not in this book. Um, but I wrote this poem. I wanted to say this story for a later podcast, but I don't know if this poem that would be a podcast episode would ever be published into a pick your poison book. So I don't know if you'll ever hear it. So um i'll just i'll just tell you a little bit about it now and honestly maybe i'll just talk about it in more depth later if it ever happens um i was on this trip out to on which is like a small town um to the west of edmonton it's maybe about a 45 minute drive or so um we went out there to a junior high high school to perform a concert uh, I was, I'm in a concert band, not right now during the pandemic, but I play trumpet. It was really fun. And um, my friends, I didn't really have close friends in band yet. And I just kind of sat by myself on the bus and which is normally fine. I don't care. I can be by, by myself. I'm an adult now. <laughs> and uh, this woman sat across from me and she wasn't talking to me she was just talking to the other people around and she was like recapping 
all of her like drug use and she's like oh i wish i could smoke weed at work and like all this stuff and it was like extremely triggering to me to listen to her talk like so like um like blatantly about drug use and like wanting to use drugs in the workplace and like laughing about like partying and like all this stuff and it's like super tri it was super triggering and so like i write this poem because that's what i do when i'm triggered is write poetry and it was about this bus ride <sighs> and i posted it on instagram and i wrote a little caption about like why like what the poem was about and why i wrote it and one of my coworkers, i was at work and it was like 4 30 in the morning she had gone home because her shift ended a little bit earlier than mine she sent me this uh text message being like hey can i ask you something personal and that's actually one of my trigger statements um i've identified in therapy um <laughs> that if you ask me hey can i ask you something uh personal uh i actually start i actually close up and i always say yes you can and um I'll talk about a little thing that my therapist taught me how to help you protect yourself from that. Um, if you're one of these people who just are like an open book and will tell anybody anything and let anybody all the way in. If you're one of those people, I'll, I'll give you a tip after. Um, so she asks me, don't you think it's hypocritical to be upset about somebody's drug use when you yourself are a drug user. And I was like, um, <laughs> what? And I had to show it to my other coworkers and be like, is this her just being her and like phrasing this weird or is this like an attack? And one of them thought it was like just her being her, but like I couldn't shake how like un scene I felt in that moment. And I don't know if she was just being like honestly just curious about like what, like how I could possibly smoke weed but still be triggered about other people smoking weed. And like I really believe that drugs and alcohol, I shouldn't say drugs, just drugs because alcohol is a drug, I just, drugs. Drug use in general is a personal choice and it should not be promoted because it is addictive and in this society we normalize things and that perpetuates addiction. And so I don't think that, like, I don't agree with people talking out loud about um, their drug use and how they wish they could smoke weed at work and, like, it, like so many people struggle with addiction, like, it's just, like, it seems like people at the end of the day at work, like, oh, I can't wait to go home and have like two shots of whiskey. I can't wait to open a beer after work. Like that's was really hard for me when five o'clock rolled around and everybody starts talking about alcohol and like my own like witching hours upon me. Work is almost done. I have this like glute glutamine memory response that's like oh i guess it's time to have a drink ticking off in my head and everybody else is like i guess it's time to have a drink and it's just like boom 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 like hammered into my head that it's like it's time to drink and like i just like oh can't i can't so uncomfortable and so triggering so when she's just like talking about this 
I'm like, this is so insensitive. I understand that like people like who don't aren't exposed to people who have addiction, like just aren't clued into that. But it's it was just like so inappropriate to me. So I wrote that poem. Um, and I felt like I really had to explain myself to my coworker. <sighs> yeah, which sucked. And I don't explain myself anymore. I'm really cautious about that because then it just feels like I've been like violated 10 different ways instead of just one. Because you never get the kind, like, I just, you never can quite describe yourself to a person who missaw you in the first place. Um, yeah, it was just a hurtful exchange. It was just hurtful. And yeah, I wrote a poem about it called Hypocrite. And another one called Eight of Swords. <laughs> There's like a lot of poems about it. Um, yeah. So I guess like bottom line, with my few years here of cannabis use, I, I, I will have to say that I am pro-choice when it comes to using cannabis. I'm not pro-cannabis. I don't even know if I would call myself cannabis friendly. I don't think that cannabis is a spiritual tool. I don't think it, like this is just not, this is like my experience with it. I do not have spiritual experiences when I smoke weed. I sometimes have like cool thoughts, but they're, they're not really like, holy shit, I've like just, had this experience like it's not like that it's not like i've never taken a psychedelic but i would imagine it's like not like maybe there would be a higher chance of that with a psychedelic um i i find that i have a way more meaningful meditation experience when i'm sober than if i have any sort of weed in me um i don't meditate or do yoga while i am I should say practice yoga uh, when I'm high, I don't really do anything except for watch TV when I'm high, to be honest. I just, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm better on it. It's just a way to relax. It's just a way to end my day and a way for me to fall asleep. And it would be great if I could fall asleep without it. And I can, but just, like, not consistently. So, yeah, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know how you feel about me using it. Um, I know sometimes it can be kind of weird when when sober people go towards these other things um, and just know that, like, I'm not giving you permission to use something that isn't right for you. And I'm also not a threat to your sobriety. This is not a threat. My choices are not a threat. You're okay. You're safe whatever choices that you were making, like, I respect that. And yeah. Here, I'll read the poem again. It's called Flower. Now maybe you see why it's called that. I have found a new inky black body of water for me to drown in. 
to sink my mouth under, to drink in oblivion. I know I shouldn't be here. It was an accident, almost. Yet somehow, choice has gone, fled so fast I didn't feel it go. My mind is stuck three years earlier, or two, or one, even. With a silent snap of the fingers, day turned to 365 nights ago, and just like then, I'll let myself sink down. In the morning, I'll wake up on the shale rock shore, stand tall, broad, and proud. I'll get on that pyre. I'll need not be tied down. I'll even light the damn match. Choice will sneak back in. 3 a.m., soundlessly shut the door and crawl into bed. Until then, I'll let myself drown. For tomorrow, with Choice's arms around my soul, I'll let myself burn. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope to see you at my Learn to Read Tarot workshop that's coming up on April 27th. It's on Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. It's two and a half hours long. You can register on my website, denisewalkerspeaks.com or cityandsoul.ca. And yeah, it's online. I've only got 10 spots, so um, better hurry. <laughs> Sliding scale price is available, of course. And it's going to be super fun. It's for anybody who who has never touched a set of tarot cards before or perhaps has one but has rarely ever opened it or you know you you play with the cards a little bit but you don't really know what they mean or you heavily rely on the guidebook i teach you how to read without the guidebook and and learn about the symbology in the cards and lots more stuff so hopefully see you there and next week's episode is called mimi and it's a poem that I wrote for Mimi, who is my friend who lives in California. And it's about our time together when I went to go down there to do a poetry and food workshop because she's a chef. Um, she has a fantastic uh, blog called Recovery Bites and it's recovery nutrition. So it's nutrition for people who are in recovery. And so we'll be talking all about that and uh, our experience in our po in our uh, workshop together, and it's going to be super awesome. So see you next week.